Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you'll be listening to right here, youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found. And of course, taped live of the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. This particular episode of Going In Raw, though, is, of course, our latest entry in our Dark Side of the Ring series, season three, uh, episode Becoming Warrior. Uh, yes. review but um alongside it we also both watched the a and e uh biography episode of warrior uh and it was definitely an interesting uh sort of side by side uh, uh, uh review i watched i watched like the first 30 minutes of the a and e one today no first i watched the dark side the first 30 minutes of it and then 30 minutes of A&E, and then we did our news brief, and then I finished the A&E one, and then I finished the dark side. So basically, it was just one documentary for So me. it's like all this kind of mashed together in your mind. Yeah, I watched the A&E one last night and the uh, dark side one today. Like, they're both pretty, like, I, I, know, I know Dana Warrior described the dark side episode as smut and filth, but really, in terms of approach, and, and how they're telling the story of Warrior. Yeah, they're different in terms of production, in terms of the order of events. I mean, Darkseid is, is really focusing on one particular period of his life. Yeah. Primarily, whereas the A&E one is, is the whole width, width and breadth of his life and career. Yeah. But I think, like, if you get down to, like, the thesis of each, they're not that dissimilar. You know, they're both portraits of a flawed, complex man who was basically forever haunted, burdened, with feelings of rejection based on his father leaving him at a young age. And and he just seemingly never was able to process that moment in his life in a healthy manner and thus led to, you know, a, a lifetime seeming seemingly of, of, of anger, resentment, bitterness, anxiety, until, and both episodes kind of share this at the, at the end too, until seemingly at the end of his life, he came to peace with certain aspects of that and and was was reaching out to some of the wrestlers he felt like he had wronged at his Hall of Fame induction and apologizing to him. I felt like the A&E one, especially, I, I thought that even the A&E one was sort of the tale of two halves. I thought that the back half of it was was actually pretty damn interesting. I think probably starting with the uh, the apology video. 
that he was required to, because uh, I felt that that was sort of not pulling a lot of punches, just showing that. Um, but I feel like, by and large, the A and E one, you know, given that it was, it was, uh, I think there's an element of, uh, you know, it was um, approved, WWE approved. Obviously, you know? obviously, the, it was, it was, it, it walked a bit more on eggshells on eggshells than the yeah. other one. You know, dark side is obviously a, a bit more blunt in its assessment. And, uh, you know, you got Definitely. guys like Cornette, um, who, you know, were, were speaking his brutal truth. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, here, the, just, just for briefly for a second, like a and E one didn't talk about his infidelity, which was talked about in the dark side episode, the a and E documentary didn't talk a lot. It touched on it briefly about the resentments of the locker room towards warrior and yeah. his fast, ascension to the top yeah um they get into way more detail on dark side jake roberts especially talks about it quite extensively as does jim Cornette. um and uh and and uh, you know like the latter half of warrior's life yeah the a and e i think partially because they had more time to tell the story and it was you know the a and e documentary was more about his entire career and life uh you know they went into a bit more detail not as much as i would like then again it's probably wd approved production about the controversies uh, surrounding the latter half of his life in terms of his motivational speaking, you know? Well, I thought it was interesting. I, I honestly think that you could probably take, if you watch Dark Side's episode first, and then A&E's, the second half of it, you, look, you don't need to watch any of the first half of it. The, the shit that when they go over his career in that A&E doc, his, his time in the WWE, yeah. th- there is nothing in there Number one, there's there's nothing that's illuminating, and the, there's the only thing. The only thing I think the, the, that 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 shines a little bit of light in the first half of the A and D stuff is about him in high school, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that there was a bit of hu- yeah humanization there, but you know, I mean, they got. No, I'm, and I'm not I'm not slighting these guys at all, but they got you know your your typical cast of WWE talking head characters. They've got uh, Sam Roberts. They've got. Uh, 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 Pete Rosenberg, who who do a good mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. sort of you know taking the the hey we're we're fans we've been fans since we were kids this is our point of view from when we were fans, um, and you know they they have a wonderful guy and I honestly I forget his name maybe you have it but he was the the writer of a Warrior biography, um, and I forget his yeah, name I didn't catch his name he does a really good job of sort of filling in some gaps, but uh, but yeah I mean honestly if you watch the dark side one you get all that great stuff like Jake Roberts I thought the Jake Roberts stuff was excellent in this mm-hmm. even to 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 the end uh, you know when uh, at the beginning when he says you know that hey they were going to give me a, a title run I was going to go up against the Warrior and but I had to clear it with Warrior first which was unheard of and uh, but Vince allowed it and he says hey Jake we just have to do it this way. <laughs> Jake, I I laughed out loud when Jake goes in there. Warrior's just a dick to him and says, listen, I don't care about your family. I don't care about your kids. If you miss any shows, uh, you're messing with my money. I don't care about pro wrestling. I just want to do my shit. (laughs) I I laughed so hard at that because the temerity of a person to say that. Um, And it really did. I mean, it was uh, the, the the brutal truth of it is. I thought I thought Darkseid, the obviously the most compelling character in the Darkseid stuff was his first wife. And mm-hmm. I thought therein lies the humanity because she almost more than Dana Warrior in the A&E one defended Warrior to a degree. 
You know, it's like the guy was riddled with insecurities, anxieties. And I thought that there was an there is a very interesting juxtaposition when she described him winning the title against Hogan and when Shane McMahon described it because Shane McMahon's take was look at how happy he was. He was crying and very emotional. She was like, no, he's just riddled with anxiety and and to be experiencing those levels of emotion or that level of a high coupled with, you know, the the, the incredibly complex stuff that's going on, on in his head had to be like oh, maybe crippling to the guy. I don't know. But like clearly he didn't experience a ton of joy back then. It didn't seem like it. No, no, it did not seem like it. One thing the A&E thing did talk about, uh, again, briefly. I mean, that's the thing about the A&E one is, is they hit the story beats mm-hmm. by and large that you'd, that you'd expect. Yeah. But, you know, just based on the, the premise of the whole enterprise, some of the stuff they kind of have to just touch on briefly. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but they did mention, I don't remember who it was, talked about the, the, the incredible amount of pressure mm-hmm. that Warrior was probably under having mm-hmm. to carry the company on his shoulders after winning the title. Yeah, you know, especially someone just five years or so into the business. You know, trying to remember uh, if that was Russo or not. That might have been Russo, Russo, which was which was an odd pick to interview. He might have been there in '96 when he came back. I think he was probably there in '96, but he wasn't there in the in '90, '91, '92. No, no. Um, Yeah, I I mean, a lot of that was writing for WB Magazine back in 1991. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like a lot of that was just like, you know, let's put people in there familiar with the situation, I guess, you know, which is fine. But, uh, but well, like JR wasn't in WWE in 1991, he was probably still in WCW then. Uh, you're probably right about that. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, I mean, I, he was there in '96, but yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much, I mean, did, did was Cornette? I mean, Cornette was, was he there? He was in and out a lot. Yeah, he was in and out a lot, huh? Um, I mean, it's all people familiar with the situation, which is fine. Well, I, I should say that JR was there. They showed the A and E one that, uh, he was there in. Oh, was it Mid South or WCCW? Because mm-hmm. he was doing some announcing, talking about yeah, I think the Blade Runner, so much yeah. Mid South. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting. The uh, you know the, the the stuff that was most interesting to me really was, you know, I, I thought that the obviously like, like I just said, the the most insight out of all of this stuff was from his first wife. It, it really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dana mm-hmm. Warrior. I, and I even look. I, I'll be honest. I got emotional at the end of both of these when they talked about about his death. And it's funny, man. It's like, you know, you can you can pile on the guy for for saying the horrible things he did. Um, and, and I did appreciate that with the A&E doc is that they showed the the majority or they showed the the the, the important bits of his speech when the, kids, the UConn one, the UConn yeah. one where the students really backlashed against the. the oh, they were things. laughing at him. They were laughing at him and they were yelling at him like yeah. they were saying, hey, you need to apologize for yep. saying that stuff. And yep. I'm so glad. Yep. Me too. Um, that, that 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 went down that way because I'd never really I, I, seen that aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, I you know, obviously we we both read excerpts from the 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 awful blog posts. Yeah, yeah. You know, and maybe seen some transcripts of some of the the videos which the the dark side uh, ring had, had showed some of. But it's 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 interesting how Cornette uh, framed that aspect, saying that he was decided he wouldn't be a motivational speaker, which is why I said motivational speaker with yeah. air quotes earlier when he was you know effectively just went far right spouting off all sorts of absolute garbage. Yeah. Um, and you know, the A and E one, uh, Dana was saying, well, he was listening to a lot of Rush Limbaugh, a lot of Fox news. And, but then dark side, they have this, this, this line from a speech he gave where warrior was essentially crediting Dana. Yeah. <laughs> to help him realize. Yeah. It was a conservative. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny, dude, because it's, it, it is actually, it's, it's easy to say, you know, uh, in, in response to Dana Warrior saying, you know, well, he was listening to a lot of Rush Limbaugh. Dude, what is it? I just read today. Uh, what is it? A quarter of, uh, of Republicans believe in the QAnon stuff. There was like a study. And oh, it's like, gosh. it's easy to say, oh, you know, what, you're going to put it on, on somebody else. But yeah, that stuff does poison the mind. It does. It, it does. does. I mean, it completely does. It's it's okay to go there and say, well, he was listening to a lot of that stuff. Now, I mean, maybe maybe he went from, you know, sort of uh, 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 buying into whatever conservatism she bought into, and maybe it wasn't as extreme as some of the stuff that he was listening to, and maybe he just took it and ran with it. He seemed like the kind of guy who would take stuff and run with it. You know, quite yes. often that was his thing. Yes. yes. Um, you know, distru- without questioning distrusty. his point of view. That's one thing his first wife said is is when he had opinion, when he thought something was the right way to do things. It was it was an interesting and it, 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 quote, and I'll try to find it here. But essentially was he Jim Helwig had a hard time seeing things from other people's point of view. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When he had a thought, when he had an opinion, he thought it was. The, the right way to do things. The correct the way. The right opinion to, to hold, you know? And, and that was echoed f- with everybody from Jake uh, to, uh, to to JR. Everybody that talked to him in the, about the early days, Bischoff, about the early days working with him is that the more popular the Dingo Warrior got, the more difficult it was. I forget who they interviewed from the from his early. It was David days. Manning, the guy who used to be the Booker and Ref. And Thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, we the saw more, him the, in the Von Erichs one too. Yeah, that's right. The more difficult he was to work with, and that just escalated all the way up to the WWF. I'm, you know, if, if his if his wife was correct on that assessment, then you know you can see in 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 Warrior's mind. All right, this is working. This is getting popular. I must be doing something right. Therefore, do more of that. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Don't, you know, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Essentially, it's probably what he thought. But the problem is, you can't in in the world of pro wrestling, you can only go so far being a completely one dimensional character. Yeah, yeah. Which is why he was a flash. I mean, that's what Bischoff said from the get is that he was a very popular figure uh, for a very short period of time, which explains him exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he, th- it's one of those things, dude. It's it's very sort of. Uh, it, it's Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The only way he would have succeeded, you can't say, oh, once he got to the top, if only he started working better with others, then he would have lasted longer, which yes, is true, but he never would have got to the top if he was that kind of individual. You know what I mean? It's like people don't change and you can succeed to a point off of a certain type of personality. But at that point, that's also going to be the reason why you're doomed to fail, which is why once he got to the top, you couldn't do much with that, you know? And it's like, he was, he was a license to print money. But if he, if you're dealing with a guy like that uh, uh, behind the scenes, that ain't going to last because in pro wrestling, you need to collaborate. That's just, that's a given. You have to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, and even a guy like Hogan, uh, you know, in the end knew that it was the right thing to, to, to put warrior over because Hogan had faith in himself and he was, yeah, they're going to come back around to me. You know, mm-hmm. like he he wasn't going to pull it like a Shawn Michaels and just so oh, oh, I'm not feeling great. I lost my smile. I got to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hogan put Warrior over because he knew it was, it was good business to do that. Uh, and of course, he famously said in the uh, self-destruction DVD, you know, more people were looking at me leaving than the Warrior uh, celebrating. Yeah, and I hate to say it, I told you so. Um, but uh, but no, I, I, I thought that uh, that they were, you know, dark side, obviously the the stuff that. The stuff with his first wife, which uh, Sherry, yeah, was really fascinating and heartbreaking. Um, it really was because it, the 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 most amount of I think that and also when Dana was describing you know his last day, the when he passed, yeah, uh, that was really really rough. I mean, for for two things. Number one, like she saw that all happen, and that's one thing that 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 haunted him was the fact that his dad and his dad before him both died. In their 50s, yeah. Pretty young, in their early 50s. Um, and so for her to recount that happening and leaving the kids in the hotel room uh, because she didn't want them to be scared and then regretting that, that's heavy stuff. That is. That that's is. really heavy stuff. And the final conversation in the Dark Side episode that Sherry describes, you know, that they were on good terms. They had both met other people uh, or they were both dating when they both saw each other again. They were friendly. They both found significant others. And then they decided, hey, wouldn't be appropriate. It wouldn't be fair to our significant others for us to continue a, a friendship. And, you know, his last little speech to her, which is hilariously reenacted because, like, it's it's all, like, in, in the gym setting, I think. And they're holding mm-hmm. hands. And then the camera sort of pans around. He's got these goofy sunglasses on, like yeah. these Volt sunglasses <laughs> on, which is, like, seems like the most warrior thing ever. Um, and uh, But he's saying, you know, hey, Thank you. I'm so sorry for any pain. Thank you for being my wife. You're a wonderful person. And I know you're going to be all these wonderful things like the perfect parting words. And and she's, you know, crying through all this, um, yeah. recounting it all these 30 years later or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was I really touching. Sherry, it was. Sherry did a really good job of trying to explain who he was without necessarily excusing his behavior. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and she was pretty honest in her assessment. She was like, you know, I saw his early matches and WBF. They weren't good. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and she's talking about how other wrestlers were, 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 you know, uh, saying warrior was a bad wrestler. Mm-hmm. And she said they were right to a point, but they didn't understand that he was, despite what he had projected outwardly, you know, arrogance, ego, uh, maybe a, a sense of a general apathy towards anybody around him <laughs> that he was, you know, at his core, insecure and really yeah. anxious. It was, it's funny because again, you can go to the other documentary for a perfect paraphrase of that or metaphor or whatever when his bodybuilding coach mentioned i think it was his coach or no i think he's just a bodybuilding enthusiast or 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 or, or bodybuilding pro and i forget his name said you know bodybuilders you know consider their body as a suit of armor the muscles they put on as a suit of armor to protect against who they really are yeah and and that seems very evident with with warrior Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can you can trace the, the the two philosophies, the two statements there. Well, I, I think th- th- this is kind of a common running theme we've kind of seen in some of these wrestling documentaries. It's the case with the Ric Flair one. Mm-hmm, yeah, it was touched upon in the Shawn Michaels uh, biography, and as well as as you know both Dark Side and the A and E one. That you know, there's people that get into this business, the pro wrestling business, who maybe at their core they don't like who they are. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, Shawn Michaels more or less said this explicitly in, mm-hmm. in the A and E one. Yeah, and so they create these characters they can live vicariously through, but then it gets to the point where, you know, where does the man end and the character begin? Yeah. You know, and and Sherry talks about this that after he won the title, after he beat Hogan, it's like two months after he won, Jim Helwig left, the Ultimate Warrior came back. You yeah, know, and she was devastated by that. You know, like when she's recounting that, she was devastated by that. And what a terrible yeah. thing. It's like, you know, this person that you've known and, and loved and plan to spend the rest of your life with, you know, basically disappears and is replaced by a, a, a caricature, you know, a, like in, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a dark caricature of, mm-hmm. of that person. And I what know, a horrible because, thing that is. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, she led to that. Let, you know, that was the sequence where she said she found out about his infidelity. He um, had a whole and- day book. With names in towns, with mm-hmm. names in towns, mm-hmm. it's like a ludicrous song. It's horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> in every area code. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she just said, all right, uh, I'm serving you papers. We're getting divorced. Hats off to her, too. Yeah, I know. For not standing by that shit, you know? Um, and so, you know, that that's running parallel to, to kind of his decline in WWE in 91 into 92. He lost the title of Slaughter. Uh, at the subsequent WrestleMania, he retired Macho Man, and that's heading in 1992, where that SummerSlam is when he holds up Vince. Uh, says, "I'm no show in SummerSlam unless you agree to my demands." Mm-hmm, yeah, and he has this letter in the A and E stuff. The uh, documentary has excerpts from the letter, mm-hmm. and the dark side has Cornette reading from Vince's letter in response. Um, Cornette's so hilarious just, in this entire thing, by the way. Yeah, He's so, so just in, just between these two episodes, there's an interesting like conversation going on kind of unknowingly between the two shows yeah um and and so you know the, the we, we've talked about uh this this letter these letters before where warrior was saying i want everything hogan has mm-hmm. in terms of pay merch mm-hmm. all that uh, i want five hundred thousand dollars to show up at SummerSlam. otherwise i'm not coming yeah and vince more or less says all right fine 
we'll talk about after you get here. Mm -hmm. He shows up. He does the main events. He runs backstage chasing uh, uh, Adnan and Mustafa backstage with yeah. the chair. He gets back there. Vince hands him the letter. And, and according That's, to Jake said, you're fired. Get them out of here. Yeah, because yeah, Jake said he was standing right next to him. So the 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 heartbreaking part is yeah. for Jake. Yeah, he was promised a run with Warrior after SummerSlam, and he was going to win the title. Yeah, man. The second time he's promised this huge program. First, we, we talked about the story he told about the program he's supposed to do with Hogan. Yeah, he goes out there, DDTs him. They're expecting massive heat on Jake, and the crowd starts chanting DDT. Yeah, dude, they were all on board with Jake, and Vince turns to Jake and says, "Sorry, pal, it's not going to happen." So now, so fast after this, forward, yes, yeah. yes, he turns to Jake after he hands the letter to Warrior, telling him he's fired. He's like, "You must have the worst luck in the world." <laughs> uh, and Jake is just Jake, he talks about daydream. I'm going to make thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, then he talks about being at the Hall of Fame and coming in there with a roll of quarters, and he's going to punch <laughs> Warrior with pop him. And like in the mid, like he's a 55 year old man. Yes, it's a 2014 at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah. And he says he's just waiting there, steaming, waiting to waiting to pop him. He feels a tap on his shoulder. He turns around. It's Warrior. And he goes like and the this. first thing. Warrior. Does yeah, Warrior's this. like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he just apologizes. To him. Yeah, he says, I'm sorry. He's like, you know, the person I am now isn't the person I am then. And uh, I've got a family now. And, and, you know, for all that stuff, I'm, I'm incredibly sorry. And, uh, and he's disarm me. <laughs> yeah, Jake. Yeah. Only Jake would use like a term from like the to Oh man, he disarmed me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jake is such a great storyteller. Um, he is. I think the next one is the uh, the Smith family episode. Oh, that's gonna be good. That's gonna that's, that's gonna, gonna be, be really good. That's gonna be intense. Um, but yeah, man, I got I got I got misty eyed, especially when Sherry was talking about uh, that lat. Not not even really like you know when he passed. It was for the, on that one. It was. Uh, when she talked about that last conversation between the two of them, because it is, mm -hmm. it's a funny thing, you know, uh, it, when, when you reach a certain point in life and you look back and you think of, you know, the different lives we all lead in this span of time we've got on the earth and, uh, and how certain chapters close. And it, it's a weird thing to think about, uh, you know, as, as your kids get older or, I mean, now I've got stepkids who, I've been their, you know, a father figure to them for, you know, 12 years now. And I, when I met mm -hmm. them, they were Alabama's age and now they're graduating high school. Uh, it, it's it's a weird thing to think about that stuff. And so I got misty eyed at that. And then when when Dana Warrior was talking about how that all went down when he actually passed, you know, and then it, it, it never it, it always hit me when, you know, you, you know, that he had kids nine, six years old, whatever they were at the time. Uh, that's that's really rough. You know, mm -hmm. that that's that's incredibly rough for it to happen so suddenly and after such a high moment uh, for him. And it's funny, dude. One of the things that really that humanized him, you know, it, it's one thing to look at his various vlogs of hatred, you know, when he's running down, you know, Hulkamania really uh, has invaded mainstream in terms of how you failed in your life. You know, that kind of stuff. Whatever the quote was, I think it was. Yeah. Forget that it was the dark side. That was in the dark side. Okay. Yeah. And you look at this stuff and they're talking about how that was stuff that was reflective. You know, he, he was out, he, he was, he was lashing out because that's how he felt about himself. And you look at all that stuff and in all those vlogs, he just comes off as a miserable person and, and, a, and somebody who's in pain. You look at his face and he looks like he's, like he looks like a person whose chest is tight, you know, like he looks like he's going to burst 
and mm-hmm. it just looks like it's pain. And it's like, you know, you can you can be down on the guy for the awful things he said and the, and the hate that he tried to spread. But you also have to realize that this is a guy who had a lot of pain in him. And that that that's that's not easy to live with, you know, that, 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 that's a, that's a horrible existence to live, you know? And, and it was, it's just interesting, you know, the, the, the two shows really did a great job of painting that that's, that's who he was. And it's not an excuse nope. for treating nope. people like crap, like anxieties and, and insecurity. It's not an excuse for being a dick. Nope. Um, and it could be a reason why somebody would be like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when when Sherry talks about him really feeling down about people saying, well, he's a bad wrestler. At no point did I ever get the sense that he wanted to turn that around, you know, like I, know, oh, I want to get better in the ring. You know, anything. you go back to the, the A&E one where early on he, you know, when after his father left and basically everybody in the dark side too, Sherry mentioned this, where his goal wasn't to be a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His goal yeah. wasn't even to be a great bodybuilder. Do my shit. His goal was to become rich and famous. Be memor- and re- remembered. Yeah, right. Be remembered, you know? Um, and so if that's your goal, you're just going to do whatever you think you need to do to achieve that goal. And that doesn't actually mean becoming a good wrestler. You and know? if you find success along the way, uh, I mean, if, if, if everything you're doing, like you said earlier, if everything you're doing is working and it's just bringing you further up the ladder, you know. There's no incentive to change. Right. So, like, he might have been upset about people saying you're a shit wrestler but if but that if, if he was if he was so hard-headed to think that well what i'm doing is obviously making money for myself and, and and bringing me great success then why should i listen to any criticism about my abilities in the ring yeah you know yeah you no know, the the money is is is, is speaking volumes to my uh, ability in the ring therefore you know that's all that really matters one of the more interesting finds uh in all this uh well in in especially specifically in the a and e doc is Number one, the outtakes when Vince is directing yes. him. That is very interesting stuff because, you know, there's the contract signing between him and Hogan and Warrior says something to the camera and you hear Vince say, okay, Jim, if you can give me that pause, like the two-second pause, really milk it. And Jim, he says, okay, okay, let's do it again. And you can see, like, you know, this man does not like to be directed, obviously. Yeah. And then, you know, the straw that broke the, the back, of course, when it came to his, uh, you know, him writing that letter to Vince McMahon saying, I want all these demands was uh, apparently. And I love that they brought Undertaker on to recount some of this story. Warrior was at an airport. He was clearly obviously burnt out to the point where a kid approaches him at the airport. Says, hey, aren't you the warrior? And, and Warrior snaps at the kid. Well, the kid's parents were well connected within WWE. And so Vince decided to make Warrior cut an apology promo for this kid, and that's the fascinating stuff because it's all the outtake stuff. And he's like, "Okay, wait a second, I didn't even do it. You know, I wish I did do, say something to this kid. You know." And he's like, yeah. "Why am I doing this? Why are we doing this?" He's more or less saying, "There's no re- I mean, warrior from warrior's perspective. He thinks he's done nothing wrong. Therefore, there's no reason to do it." And there, there's a great pivot on Vince's part, I think, where Warrior's getting upset because he keeps flubbing his lines, and he's getting more and more frustrated, and, and is probably kicking himself more and more. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. For putting himself in the position in the first place. Yeah, so he just right. keeps on getting angrier and angrier and lashing out, lashing out. At one point, Vince just says, hey, we're working here. It's a work. It's a work, yeah. As in, hey, approach it this way. Focus. Imagine you're doing this. You're not cutting this promo as an apology video. You're cutting this promo 
the whoever you're going to face or you know whoever you're going to tag with in the next show essentially there's another great bit where he vince is doing direction um where warrior's standing there and vince is like all right imagine hogan he's in the ring he's mm-hmm. celebrating i'm like wow yeah maybe that's the touch that's missing from backstage is 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 vince's you know seemingly still has the one guy is the one guy that has a vision for what he sees mm-hmm. however he's so busy doing a million other things <laughs> he yeah. can't really be the director of raw and smackdown anymore i mean imagine a lot of this stuff is pre-taped you know in the in the early 90s before raw basically nothing except for pay-per-views were live i think even saturday night made events some of those might be live but i think some of those were still taped mm-hmm. so you get you know you get the whole day the match sucks to redo the match you take all day to do backstage stuff to get it right you know, part of that's yeah. introduction to live TV, but also I wonder part of it is just he's got so much other stuff going on. Well, the way Mox described it, it, the way Mox described it is that, yeah, he's not overseeing stuff directly. It's like you get some writer that rolls up to you. Hey, this is what Vince wants. Okay, do I have to do it exactly? Like, well, yeah, you got to do it exactly like this. And then they do it, and then they send it off to Vince, and then it might come back an hour later. Hey, you got to redo this because they want it this way. Mm-hmm. That's That's maddening. I don't know how much he, you know, but then at the same time, that could be because he's in his office with let's say Chelsea green going over 15 ideas is how to present stuff. So it seems After like waiting for four weeks to, for, to get that time. You yeah. Know? It seems like he, at one point, maybe he could manage directing one roster of superstars. And now he's got four rosters of superstars and he can't do it all. He can't nope. be sitting there giving people insight and motivation. And that's why a lot of the characters, especially on Raw, seem like they lack motivation. It's like, what is Rhea Ripley supposed to be doing right now? Who is she supposed to be? Well, she yeah. doesn't have anybody giving her that info for whatever the vision is supposed to be for the show. And plus, I'm sure everybody's waiting for their, their promo scripts. And they ha- get handed to them, you know, if they're lucky, maybe an hour or two before the show. Yeah. You know, and unless you've been taking cold reading classes. Yeah. You know, it's hard to get a script in hand, look at it, and be like, all right, I know what I need to do here. Yeah, right. And only the best, the absolute best, could probably do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah. that takes reps to get that good. Um, both, both. So the idea of redemption is brought up in the A81, and, and they kind of do a bit of a push on the idea that, that Warrior redeemed himself for mm-hmm. all the awful things he said mm-hmm, yeah. i think what dana says essentially is redemption isn't about the end of jim's life i want to say or could it be achieved in his lifetime or something like that mm-hmm. the inference being that his redemption is an ongoing process through herself and their children it's his legacy and the idea of warrior and that general idea is bettering yourself and if the man couldn't do it the idea behind the character is what should live on, um, which is interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, she really that I, I believe, you know, it, it, it's a bummer that it's a bummer that she would try to tear down the dark side episode because it, you know, and and honestly, if she calls it, what is it? Smut and filth. Mm-hmm. It's clear she didn't watch it. Yep. You know, it, it's yep. clear that she would probably in her mind think, oh, this is more like the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior, you know, 
And and it's it's clearly not that. It it's 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 I mean, just for the sherry stuff alone, it's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Um and and is is less on eggshells than the A and E one. That said, um I her her take, her point of view um is an interesting one. And I you know, I don't think that there was much that she I, I don't feel like she bullshitted too much. I don't think she was. It, she, it seemed like she wasn't really in a position to bullshit all that much in the A and E one. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it's it's a shame that she would have that that viewpoint for the dark side one. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I do really think is. that the person who was seemingly most open and and expressing the appropriate amount of vulnerability to to get across, you know, her true feelings about it was Sherry in in the dark side episode. It was really fascinating mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. It really was. Yeah. Uh, really so was. like you said, uh, next week is the uh, the Grizzly Smith stuff. I think so. Which yep. is the uh, Jake the Snake and all mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. I, I know next to nothing about all that I stuff. don't know a lot about that either. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, that'll do it for us. This week, let us know what you guys thought about this episode of Dark Side of the Rig. Did you watch the A&E one? Did you watch the Dark Side one? What did you watch? What did you think of both of them? Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Give us a thumbs Goodbye. up, too. Yeah, yeah thumbs up, too. Put this be great. Up for the thumbs up. Goodbye. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.